Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the Beyond Bitcoin Show. Today is June the 8th, 2018. Strong hand, unconfiscatable. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. Personal responsibility is the new counterculture. Deferral of gratification, conviction, avoid mediocrity, people. All right, I love this show. We go beyond Bitcoin. We talk about all types of subject matters, health, social issues, how to get money. No, <laughs> it's all here. Judaism, we'll cover it. So ask questions in the chat. You can type in Bitcoin Meister. I already have a question that I'm going to answer in the middle of the show. So this show takes 40 minutes sometimes. So buckle up, people. I'll try to get through it as fast as possible. First thing I want to bring up is a tweet by, uh, well, Naval Bot. There's this guy named Naval out there. Uh, I'm going to talk about him toward the middle of the show. And I, I've mentioned him in other shows. He was interviewed by Joe Rogan. He's commented on Bitcoin. He's commented in the Bitcoin space before, but the dude is smart. He has uh, life-changing thoughts, to, to say the least. So he's a person to follow on Twitter. But there's a bot that just retweets some of his best quotes. And here's one of his best quotes. If you eat, invest, and think according to what the news advocates, you'll end up nutritionally, financially, and morally bankrupt. Pound that like button, people. I love that. Yes, do not go running to that to the mainstream uh, points of authority uh, to 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 make your decisions to learn from. You got to decentralize yourselves from the, those uh, approval mechanisms. You don't need to fit in and do all the things that you see on TV. Uh, go your own way, as we say. Now, notice I didn't use the word corporate media there. The word corporate is definitely a trigger word. And I have used it inappropriately before. Uh, many entities out there use the word corporate to get people angry and envious of, of big business. There's nothing wrong with corporations. Now, they can engage in indecent behavior. Sure, they can. Not all corporations are horrible. Uh, the word is, you know, they try to throw a word to, to make people emotional and to get on to win to win an argument with emotions without really getting into the the issues so sometimes they can say well that corporation and you'll be like oh it must be bad they say corporate it's, it's terrible uh but no it, it's that's not always the case that's usually not the case when so be careful when someone tries to use corporate as an adjective okay <laughs> or, or or starts to talk corporations think for yourself try to you know analyze the argument at hand Okay, now let's go back to Twitter for a second. You can follow me on Twitter at TechBalt, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. Remember, this Saturday show, it's we're going to talk a little bit of Bitcoin, but it's beyond Bitcoin. So, hey, if you're here for Bitcoin, we'll talk a little bit about it, but stay for some others. People like to hear some beyond Bitcoin stuff. It's Saturday night. Not, not that much is going on, right? <laughs> All right, from Twitter. An unfortunate side effect of Twitter is having people who are really not qualified to be an authority on a subject become an authority on it simply by talking confidently about it, whether what they're saying is right or wrong. That is a great, a, a great thought to take when you're when you're uh, uh, stepping back. Step back for a second and think about that when you're reading. Because again, I say go on Twitter to learn about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, there are some great sources out there. But there, then there are some guys out there that talk a real big game. They don't know what they're talking about. They'll convince you to do trading. They'll convince you to buy an altcoin. They'll convince you to do all sorts of ridiculous things. And since there's only 240 characters, they can sound pretty darn smart and convincing. So be careful. There are a lot of fake experts on many subjects in Twitter. on Twitter. Uh, so, you know, try to follow someone for a while. Follow other people. Try to just... Make your own decisions. Do learn, use Twitter. Don't waste your time on Twitter arguing with people. Okay, try to to learn. Try to become a well-rounded individual from Twitter. I think it is a a unique source of information. But do be careful of uh, of the fake experts out there. All right, this is about South Africa. This the next tweet, and uh, something we don't hear about too much. Oh, we got oh we got some more comments there. Hang on, I'm gonna have to go to that in a second. 
Uh, rest in peace, Steve, Stephen Smith. In one day in South Africa, my father on crutches is almost robbed of his phone and wallet. My uncle is murdered on his farm in Stenelbosch, which has been in the family since 1896. All right, so <laughs> the situation in the farmlands in uh, South Africa, it is nasty out there. It is really nasty. You can get murdered. And of course, there's the threat of land confiscation. Um, you know, it's been a violent country for quite some time. And again, I, I remember being there in 20, and it's a beautiful country at the same time. In 2015, that was the first Bitcoin conference I ever attended was in Cape Town. If you're watching this show, if you're in South Africa, if you don't have Bitcoin, uh, you better get it soon. Get it. Just, just it's insurance against things like this. I know that this doesn't happen all the time in Johannesburg or Cape Town, but these are violent places. They are by, even compared to America. Um, and again, you you can say, well, I don't go to the townships. And again, don't go to don't go to those townships. You know, they have township tours. That's ridiculous. Those are very dangerous parts of this world. Uh, we, we've gone over on past shows about uh, the xenophobic murders that took place there when I was there in 2015. But anyone, I don't care what race you are in uh, in South Africa, buy that Bitcoin, use it as insurance. Things can get na Things have gotten pretty nasty there in, in some corners of the country. So, uh, just bringing attention to that situation and that wherever country that you live in, if it if it has in the past turned violent, and if you fear it's going to turn violent, and the government may confiscate your property, get Bitcoin as an insurance policy. You should have already gotten it as insurance policy if because you can leave your country with your Bitcoin and and start anew. And if things get too scary wherever you may be. And your scary is uh, that's that's what you decide it is. You decide what scary is. What you could if you've got kids, uh, things can become scary real quick. If you're a single dude, it's not as scary. Certain things. All right, here is a uh, video by Stefan Malou. I didn't get to to watch the entire thing, but uh, he's talking about a New York Times article that was ripping. On the alternative media, he he was one of the people that was being ripped on. You know, just trying to vilify the people they're kicking off of YouTube. And there was a line in it that said uh, it was a story about a guy who said he got caught up in the YouTube videos and regretted it, and was it was a cult. He called it a decentralized cult, and that they quoted that 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 the New York Times used that term in a quote. Uh, just get ready for the term decentralized to be vilified, okay? That that's, that's going to be a bad thing now, to be decentralized. And thus, what is, what, what that us, the people that watch the show, what are we familiar with that's decentralized? Bitcoin. And it's great that it's decentralized. Decentralized is great. You don't have some authority dictating to you what is good or bad. Well, the media could easily, easily Write, write many stories about, well, you, we need an authority to tell us what's bad and what's good. The me This is what the media is for. We're your, the traditional media. We are objective. We are going to tell you what's good, what's bad. We we can't let this thing, it's it's anarchy if everyone decides for themselves what is uh, what is true and what is false. We're, we're, we're the authority that, and you're going to have to come to us, look to authority here. That is bad. But so they're going to build it, but they're, I can uh, but they're going to say decentralization is bad. Making up your own, making your own decisions is bad. Talking to, you know, not, not running to the central point of authority every time is uh, is a bad thing. They're saying they say they say to run to the central uh, authority. Uh, anyway, they want to be the validating mechanism. Okay, they want there to be centralized validating mechanisms. Mechanisms in the decentralized world in the Bitcoin overlay. We don't have centralized validating mechanisms. We have to validate ourselves, okay? We have nodes all over validating things. No central, okay, so you, you get the point. Get ready for decentralized to be to be vilified in uh, by various uh, media conglomerates. Who knows, who knows? It'll become a dirty word eventually, but we'll, we'll fight back against it. We know in here in the Bitcoin overlay, we don't want a centralized uh, point of authority. We don't want a, a centralized validation mechanism. Okay, central uh, success, success. What is success? You you have to define success for yourself. A lot of people uh, try to guilt you into saying that you know, alt altruism is success and sacrifice for the Borg. 
sent, you know, you, you're, you're successful. So you've got to give up half your salary. So other people, uh, they, they'll, they'll also be successful. If you don't, if you don't give up half your salary, if you don't pay the taxes, then you're a failure. You're, you're not fitting in. You're not a success. You, you, you have to, you have to support others that, that are not your family members support. If someone, if someone's got a bad family life, you're, you're in charge of them. Don't, that's not success. We need, you've got to define success for yourself. That's part of the reason I'm bringing, I'm bringing this up. Um, now there are people out there, people that I agree with on certain matters that say that are on YouTube, that are on social media, that say it's bad to depend on the state. And it is, it is bad to depend on the state. You've got to depend on yourself. But then some of these same people on YouTube are so dependent, they, they're just, they're dependent on social media outlets for everything. If they get kicked off of Facebook, if they get kicked off of YouTube, they go wild. Because, why? Because they were dependent on those centralized authorities, okay? So they are going to make, they're going to say it's bad for people to depend on the government as a centralized authority, okay? Which it is. But for them, it's not bad to depend on YouTube as their uh, validation mechanism, okay? Because that's the thing. Some of these YouTube people uh, that are losing, uh, losing views, it's destroying their egos. They, they're still getting the same amount of money, but some of them aren't getting the same amount of money anymore too. So they're like, they put everything into YouTube and now they're just, they're throwing up their hands in the air. They have become too dependent on a centralized authority. And, they, and again, they critique people for being too dependent on the government. Well, they're too dependent on YouTube. This is, and, and again, and then some of these people take it to the next step. They're like, well, since I'm so dependent on YouTube, I want Donald Trump to fix this. So what does that make them in the long run? It makes them dependent on the government too, when they want Donald Trump to come in and fix this or whoever to come in, another government official to come in and fix this. No, no, that is, there, there's some hypocrisy in that. If, if they've, they've become famous for saying, you know, don't, and again, I agree, don't, don't depend on the government. But you can't depend on uh, centralized uh, pr private institutions either. You got to depend on yourself. You got to be able to pivot. You got to be able to start. Can you start over? Can you? And you got to be able to redefine what success is. Okay, so you're not getting as many hits on YouTube anymore. Are you still? Can you raise money other ways? Can you uh, just list the Bitcoin address on all your other media platforms? Can you start a new media platform? These are. These are times of opportunity. These are not times to go running to the government and say, fix this. Because you, uh, people who get kicked off of these mainstream media outlets, ma mainstream media, mainstream social media outlets, let's call them, Facebook, Twitter, you, this is opportunity to grow other ones, to redefine what success is for you, and to prove that you can start over. If you have the, the ability to start over, you are a very successful person. You're going to find so much meaning in life, okay? And you will be you will be more successful in the long run. You've got to you've got to believe that. You've got to believe that. So, um, yeah, don't, don't don't run to the government. Is not the answer to this, especially when you've been raging against people who are completely dependent on the government because you have made yourself completely dependent on YouTube. If you need the government to come in there and solve your problem, all right. Pound that like button, people. On to health real fast because we, we had a health question and I just want to, again, yeah, again, I, I talk about validating, validate, centralized validation mechanisms. And I got to do a story on this soon. I got to do, uh, I hit something in my mouth there. Um, I've got to do, I, I've been planning on doing a video about some new theories that I have about centralized validating mechanisms, but you're making YouTube into a centralized validating uh, point of authority where everyone is trying to fit in, where, and where you're saying, I need to fit in to YouTube and I'm going to force YouTube to, to accept me. <laughs> no, just move on. You don't need that type of validation. You, you get, get validation from in, internal. All right, so I, I just completed another 44-hour fast. Um, I have, and which means I skipped an entire day. I skipped Friday. I didn't eat it all on Friday. I started fasting on Thursday night and didn't eat till tonight, a little earlier, earlier tonight, Saturday night. And so that means I, I skipped a whole nother day of eating. So far in the first half of this year, I have skipped um, at least 20 days. I have it written down somewhere because there was one fast that was like 80 hours or 70 some hours, okay? So that was a couple days that were skipped. So I've, I've skipped 20 days of eating. 
And my goal that I had at the start of this year, and again, it's good to set numerical goals. You feel good when you accomplish them, is to skip an entire month of eating. In turn, I mean, the days are scattered over the whole year, but at least 31 days or 30 days of I, I don't eat. So I eat for 11 months. I only eat one meal a day, by the way. The days that I eat, I only eat one meal a day. Someone asked me about my eating habits as part. I do intermittent fasting every day. I fast at least 22 hours between every single meal since um, I've been doing it for 20 hours since uh, the summer of 2013. It turned into 22, I think in 2014 or 15. I don't know. So people are like, oh, what do you take a break? There is no break. It's a lifestyle. I've been doing it since 2013. It's not ending. That's just the way it is, okay? It's easy for me to do. It takes self-discipline. That's why That's why I preach in Bitcoin, uh, deferral of gratification, self-discipline. And if you if you apply self-discipline and deferral of gratification in other aspects of your life, like eating, you'll easily be able to hold Bitcoin until after the 2020 halving or after the 2024 halving. You'll understand what savings is. You know, I, I apply, uh, you know, deferral of gratification to, to all aspects of my life. And uh, self, self-control is freedom, self-discipline self-discipline, you're, you're more free that way. No one controls you. No one controls you. You control yourself. Uh, so yeah, last year, I think I skipped like 26 days. I have it written down. So I didn't get a month. That wasn't my goal. But I realized this year, I, I'm going to be able to do it easily. Because whenever I go on a plane, and I go on a plane often, I, I don't live anywhere. Um, I just travel from place to place. Uh, I don't eat on those days. So I, I'll definitely, I mean, I'll be on a plane in July twice. So, yeah, and then, then they'll be, yeah, so I'll definitely get, I'll get 30 days. So, I, and again, these are goals. You, again, if, if you're new to fasting, if you're new to intermittent fasting, just start by skipping breakfast and then just having an eight hour window of eating and, and you know, decide what you're going to do, how many hours a day you're going to fast. Some people say it starts around 16 or 18 hours when your body, uh, you've gone through all your glucose or something like that. And look it up. Uh, I, I do 20, at least 22 hours every single day for, for many years now. And it, no, it is easy for me. And maybe it, it can be easy for you too. So someone asked me, can you tell us about your diet? I'm trying to, I'm trying carnivore and it's really tough. It seems like your diet is much more reasonable. Uh, advice appreciated. Yeah. So I guess eating all meat, just completely getting rid of fruit and vegetables, that would be, uh, no, I, I don't advise doing that. But get, I eat a lot of fats. They can be animal fats. They can be uh, from my what are those almonds over there. So you get try to don't eat don't go crazy on carbs. I mean no processed food. I eat no processed food. The ingredients in, in in everything I eat is just if it's an apple I eat an apple. If it's a banana it's a banana. Yeah, and then they're all if I cook salmon I just cook salmon. There are all these other people that get on their salmon. They got to put all, all sorts of condiments. It's, it's ridiculous. On your burger, again, I, I don't eat bread at all. No bread. That's a processed food. That's a processed food right there, okay? None at all. The only thing I drink is water. I haven't had anything else to drink since 2014, okay? Or 20, yeah, it was 2014. Uh, so, yeah, and it's definitely been five years. It was in May of 2014 was the last time. I think I had some wine or something like that. But no. And is he, what the, again, fruit juices are terrible. It's just pure sugar. Eating a fruit, it's fine. It's fine. I know there's some people that are really against fruits. I'm not against fruits. I'll have a fruit. The day that I, the days that I do my uh, interval training, I only have one, a very, very few carbs at all. I have like a little orange and some greens, and then that'll be a lot of meat on those days. And, and, and that's just that's just the way I, I, I cycle through my, my week. There's one there's one day a week where I do the interval training, where I do these uh, 15 sprints in a row as, as hard as I can. Uh, and then the meal afterwards is uh, very high in fat and, uh, you know, there's some protein, in it, but, but, but just like an orange, just that's the only carbs or, or sugar that are there. So, I mean, you don't have to be too, for me, at, at least at this point in my life, I am not super paranoid about fruits. I mean, people, um, you know, you can, you can go wild on the fructose. I can feel when I've eaten a lot of fructose in, uh, fruits. I mean, you don't want to have like five bananas every day. Bananas are very, but Again, it's it's if you're if you're healthy, if you're active, if you you avoid processed foods, and you do eat a lot of healthy fats, and you do eat meat, and uh, you'll be having fruit isn't it's it'll it's fine it's fine. So don't don't vilify fruit too much. Uh, but uh, I mean, I, I don't recommend going on an all fruit diet. That's that's not a good idea. That I would say is is a bad idea actually.
you, you need proteins and you definitely, definitely need mostly, mostly fats, mostly fats. It's fine. And, and the intermittent fasting and, and fasting takes care of some other things. You know, if you had some bad stuff, it, it clears you out, hopefully. Uh, and again, I recommend it twice or once a year, at least a 72 hour fast or, or, or a five day one. I, I had a five death. My record is 120 hours, which is, is five days. Uh, yeah. And, and the five day, the ones that you try to go five days to seven days, people theorize that could help prevent cancer in theory. If you have cancer, if again, and I've said this on other shows, if I was diagnosed with cancer, I would immediately, immediately, the first thing I would do was stop eating at least for one week, at least for one week. God forbid, God forbid it happens. God forbid it happens. All right, pound that like button. So, okay, that's enough health. Thank you for the question. Let me see what these other questions are. Benson said, don't worry about me, brother. I was mostly kidding when I was compl complaining when you were talking about food. Okay, <laughs> that was another video. Benson was uh, making some jokes about food. Uh, hey, Robert Hardebeck said, someday I want to go to Israel. Any tips on cool things to do there? Oh yeah, I'm going to talk about Israel uh, a little a little later in the show. Actually, or I'm going to talk about Judaism, uh, but you got to go to Tel Aviv. I mean, Robert, I met you in person. I know you would like Tel Aviv, so I, that's a personalized recommendation for you. And of course, go to Jerusalem and see the Wailing Wall. That that's that's pretty cool to see. And uh, uh, go to the uh, Ramon Canyon. Uh, that 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 was fun. But there's a you know when you go. There's some common things everybody does on the, the the tours take everybody basically to the same places. It's good to do that tour once if you've never been there. It, the, the tour does take you to Salt Lake Tel Aviv. It takes you to the market. It takes you to all the tourist traps and stuff. Which are there are some really good ones. It takes you to the, um, if you if you have a little bit of an expertise and you go to Samaria, you know you know someone in Samaria that'll show you the Samarian hills, um, and, and it just shows you how the you know that the Israel can never give never give up that vital land because the, on the hills you can see Tel Aviv. You could shoot a uh, you could set up something bad and, and send it into uh, Tel Aviv, which would be horrific. So uh, yeah, you never give up the high ground, but there, it's beautiful. The high ground, the Samarian hills are, are beautiful, and uh, yeah. But uh, again, for new for newbies to Israel, go on some of those tours. And if you know someone there, ask them to give you a tour. But but the. Uh, the tours that they give there, the, the, the generic tours are pretty good. It's a small state. They'll show you everything. It's, it's a small country. They can show you everything you need to see. When you have more expertise and more familiarity, then you go to some other places. All right. Like, I, I mean, I've seen so much. But Ramon Canyon, I don't know if that is on all the all the tours. So that, that's something really cool to see. All right. Um, what is, what's going on? I mean, they, they take it to the beach. The beach is beautiful <laughs> in Tel Aviv. It's beautiful. Oh, but okay, for all the people watching this, obviously you guys are into Bitcoin. Go to the Bitcoin embassy on Tel Aviv, in Tel Aviv. That's not on the normal tour. That is a must stop in place, okay? You say hello to Udi and to Sarah and to, to everybody that's over there um, that you've seen on this show before. So, And moving on. And that's on Sunday nights are the best nights to go to the Bitcoin embassy in Tel Aviv. Moving on. Uh, okay, so the naval, I'm going to talk about naval Ravikant. That is his full name. And I link to the Joe Rogan show where he was interviewed. You guys got to watch that at 2x. I watched it at 2x. I was able to understand every word they said. Um, naval is incredibly smart person, and he explains things so that everyone can understand. Now, he's not always right. I think he said some things on Bitcoin that I don't agree with. Uh, but he's got, he is so thought provoking. I and mean, if you don't come out with new ideas after watching him, well, maybe you don't come up with new ideas very often. I, mean, I came up with all sorts of new ideas and inspiration after watching this show. So watch that show right now. It's linked to below. But one of the things he said is, do you have the ability to start over? All right. To so think about that. Do you have the ability to start over? He was criticizing, um, the, the Andrew Yang plan. And by the way, Andrew Yang was just on Dave Rubin. I haven't watched that yet. I, I do want to watch that. that maybe that's interesting. Um, there's a lot on my to-do list to watch. But uh, he's talking about universal basic income. He is not, Naval is not a fan of universal basic income. He thinks it's, it's going to, so I, I agree with him. On it. He, he had some good critiques of universal basic income. But he says that people should have the ability to start over. Um yeah, because sometimes th things come to the end. That the trucker's jobs, maybe they'll come to the end. Do you have the ability to start over? Think about that now. 
before you're forced into a position where you have to start over. And I, I mean, I started over in my life. I start. I mean, I was in the housing and, and Baltimore, uh, Baltimore stuff, Baltimore, and trying to make Baltimore a better place. Uh, and then I got into Bitcoin and I started, you know, from the bottom. I started, I got my first two Bitcoin. And then from there, I just, that was my, my thing. That was my, my new thing. Totally had the ability to start over. And I've started over, I guess, other times in my life too. I, I worked, um, I, I worked in Silicon Valley for a short period of time. And then I started my own business in Baltimore. And uh, it's just, I mean, that was, a, that was a total start over too. So I, I, again, I, I, and we're going to get to this in a second, working for yourself versus working for a company. We'll get to that in a second. Okay, but that, that involves starting over uh, too. But he, he talks about uh, the number of books people read is a vanity. It's a vanity metric. So many people try to brag about how many books they've read. And again, if you're just reading books to, to add numbers to your notch list, He's totally right about that. It is a boundary metric. He doesn't even read full books. He has like 80 books open at, at the same time. And he's trying to learn from each one. You should try, you should be trying to comprehend and understand and get ideas. And once you've comprehended the book enough and you've gotten an idea and a concept down and you're tired of the book, then leave the book. Move on to another book that's that's dealing with that same concept. Go from book to book. You don't have to complete a book. If you're interested in a concept, go from book to book to book. To, and he explains this. This is what he does. And I think that's a great thing. Because again, we live in a world too where, I mean, not everybody has time just to sit down and read a whole book to say, oh, I read a whole book. You know, And, and that, that's the beauty of reading articles in the internet. You can read one article real quick and it's, oh, this thing's getting boring. I learned what I need to from this. I'm going to get to another one now. I'm going to read, a, I'm going to watch a video on the same subject matter. You're trying to get a concept down. You're trying to get a topic down. So I love that. I love that. Don't get, don't fall for these people. Oh, I've read, look at my bookshelves. <laughs> I've read every book on this bookshelf. Dude, well, I mean, do you understand a con? What have you, so yeah, you've got, you've read a lot of books. What have you done with your life? Have you applied the concepts that you learned in the books? Were you trying to pick up concepts quickly so you could apply them to your life and better yourselves? Or do you try to like, just want to have a nice book, bookshelf and brag to your friends who you read a lot of books? All right. Um, social media, and these are all points he brought up and I love all these. Social media makes celebrities out of all of us. And I think that's something everyone has to remember, that it makes you feel like a celebrity. Now, everyone gets to feel like a celebrity, and that's an empty feeling if, if you take it to their extreme. Celebrities, they live these empty lifestyles, and some of them get very sad and depressed. And thus, we have an academic epidemic in, in the country, in the Western world, of people being more sad and depressed because they're living on superficial things and approval from Facebook, approval from the, the Borg. You know, we, they got to fit in to this pattern that every that all the other famous people, their famous friends are doing. And uh, you get you get uh, the unhappy sickness that, that that celebrity brings. So don't strive to be a celebrity, the, a social media celebrity. Because again, even if sometimes you don't even realize it. You've got, you go, oh, I got all these followers. I've got all, I got, everyone's watching me on Facebook. I got to give, give them this image of myself and you become empty that way. You, you, so yeah, social media definitely makes celebrities out of everyone. And the, the people behind these, uh, like Facebook, they know this, they, they understand, uh, that, that, that it's uh, giving people an adrenaline, a dopamine hit and, uh, that they need to, they, they need to do something even more ridiculous on Facebook and even more uh, attention getting on Facebook to, to maintain whatever celebrity status they have among their friends. And it keeps people coming back to Facebook. Don't fall for that. Be humble. No, no, you're not a celebrity. You're not really a celebrity. And if you're getting into that sick lifestyle, find meaning within. Find meaning within. Get approval from yourself. Self-approval. Now, Navel talks about, he talks about three wants in life that he has. He wants to be happy, healthy, and those all make sense. And I talk about that kind of stuff here all the time, how to be happy, how to be healthy, and rich. He says rich. Now, I, I say it is also good to be rich. Now, it's good to be rich so you can be free and you don't have to worry. So if you have a huge savings, if you've got a lot of Bitcoin and thus you are on paper, you're rich, well, you can say whatever you want to say. You don't have to worry about getting fired from your job. You don't have to worry about going bankrupt. You don't have to worry about the government taking from you. So yeah, I think that is a good thing to want, to be to want to be happy, to want to be healthy, and to want to be rich. And you can control all those things. You can control all those things. Now, he goes into some depth about that. Watch the show. Eventually, everyone will work for themselves, he predicts. 
And I think he's got a point there. So guys, get on the ball before you're forced to work for yourself. Work for yourself now. Okay, this is going to be a trend. Um, working for a corporation, and again, I'm not vilifying. Uh, the, I don't want to vilify the word corporation. But working for someone else, it's uh, you gain a lot more meaning for working for yourself. You get a lot more freedom. You get a lot more happiness. You don't worry as much. You can get a lot more wealth. Um, fitting in. Definitely today, everyone's trying to get the best job possible, the best job possible, because that, that's how you get approval. Oh, look, I'm a doctor at this hospital. I'm a lawyer at this firm. Uh, I'm, a, I'm at this real estate uh, agency. And you, you gain status and approval from everyone else, from the centralized mechanism. No, 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 no. Work for yourself. You do something that you can't even, ex if you can't explain it to other people, that's fine. They're not going to understand what you do. As long as you're happy, you make your own schedule, freedom. Is what this is about, baby. So uh, I thought that was, a, and again, we're going, we're really going toward a world that eventually everyone will work for themselves. And it may, that may take like 40 years or something like that, but it, it will be eventually people, everyone will realize. Uh, and, and because of computers and technology, uh, it's just, it's going to be a different setup eventually. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying in 10 years this is going to happen. Uh, because again, most people are stuck in that paradigm where they got to work for the best company, get the best job. And they're just used to getting a weekly paycheck, a bi-monthly paycheck or whatever it is. Break out of that. Break out of that. Redefine success. Redefine success. I, don't, I can't, can't, don't go with, the, with what the majority says success is. You decide what success is. And he says, and I think he's talking about political systems here. A good system is one you can hand over to your enemies right away. And so some of these new concepts out there uh, that people are coming out with, ask them, well, you're in charge. Would you let someone else be in charge of the system? And I, I bet most of the time they would say no. Socialism, they, they want to be in charge. The people promoting socialism, they want communism. They want to be in charge of it. They wouldn't hold, hand it over to their enemies. Now, I, I, I believe truly that the founding fathers, they, the system they came up with, they, they knew. They were very much willing to hand it over to their enemies. Now, what eventually happened, the, the system slowly did get changed. Um, you know, with, with the, the, the way the Senate is, um, that, you know, everyone couldn't vote at first. And, and some people were like, oh, that's horrible, Adam. Everyone couldn't vote. No, they, they wanted property owners to, to be able to vote, okay? And I thought that that was a very good idea, actually. That was a good, and again, let's not get into politics here or anything like that. Now, banning people on their race or, or based on their sex, that, that I, I do, I definitely, I don't agree with that. That, that needed some tweaking, definitely. But the, in terms of uh, owning real estate, owning property, I thought that that was a good twist because if you don't, if you, if you allow anybody to vote, then eventually the, the the mob will just tweet, just tax the real estate people out of existence, out of the prop, the, the producers out of existence, and it'll become what it has become. All right, so. But originally, they, they did they did hand it over to their enemies. <laughs> but slowly, the enemies, I guess, did, did morph it into something else. Which, I mean, it's still, the system is alive. The, the U.S. system is alive. It is not, it is definitely not perfect, though. But let's not worry about that. Now, here's something. Uh, Naval also brings up uh, business meetings and having phone meetings. You know, and I get this often, and I don't blame people for doing this. People want to sit down, have a meeting with me, have a call with me. And there are a lot of people that want to talk with me on the phone. And he says he, he doesn't do that anymore. He doesn't do business travel at all unless he's going to you know, travel to like an exotic location he wants to explore. And I guess if it's being paid by someone, I mean, time is money and he values his time uh, for, for, and I value my time quite expensively also. I mean, I, I charge quite a lot. If you want to have a, if you want to have an appointment with me, it's going to cost you. And people complain about it. Okay, complain about it. They don't have a meeting with me. People have paid it before. And again, my, I, I don't, so I recommend the people, I mean, Phone meetings and sit-down meetings, they're such a thing of the past, okay? You can't have them all the time because you're getting all this small talk. And again, maybe if someone's paying to have a consultation with you, that's different. That's a paid consultation. But if you, if people, let's have a meeting. Let's have a sit-down. Do it over email. Do it over email so it can be done just lickety split. Someone, if someone wants to talk to you, surely they can explain everything they want to talk about with you in an email. And you can read it at your own, when you have some free time and say, yeah. Let's do this or no, I don't think your idea is good. Let's move on. Bitcoin Meister, do you ever carry your nano or trezor overseas? If so, do you get harassed at any airports? Well, I told a story of when uh, I was uh, 
detained in BWI airport for a half an hour. And uh, I was questioned about my uh, trezor that I had with me at the time. Uh, I believe the reason I was detained was because I was traveling alone. Um, and then they Googled my name and saw I was in the Bitcoin and the guy started asking me some questions and I foolishly uh, said some things and uh, definitely got uncomfortable. They searched every, uh, every single inch of my luggage. So to answer your question, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't do that anymore. I was coming back from um, Cyprus at the time through England to BWI Airport, to Baltimore Washington International Airport. And my father was waiting, my father, a blessed memory, was uh, waiting to pick me up and was wondering why uh, I did not come out for like a half hour. And yeah, he was really worried. And I was, uh, at one point I was just thinking like, I'm gonna have to get a lawyer. It, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad what was going on. Now, again, the the, the, the investigation, they were, they were, they, they thought I looked suspicious because I was a single guy, I was coming from Cyprus. They, they get this jolly, this guy was just, they were trying to look for drugs. They were, because they started screaming at me at one point when they found something that looked looked like a mushroom. And the guy really started screaming at me. He's like, what, is this psychocybin? Is this psycho, or whatever it's called. And they said, you're in trouble now. That's a federal offense, blah, 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 blah. And they are screaming at me. And then they they tested whatever it was. And it was just a, it was the top of an orange, like the little, the little thing that's on the top of an orange. It had like bloated in some, in a bag of mine where I had food at one point. Oh, it was scary. I mean, I'm not going to say it wasn't scary <laughs> when they start screaming at you that you've, you've committed a federal offense. But it, so, but, and again, so he knew I had a trezor and he was asking me comments about it. As, he did not, full, back in 2017, it was the summer of 2017, it was June of 2017. <laughs> a lot has changed since then, my God. Um, and he did not, that border guy, he worked for a, uh, What's that horrible organization called? Um, Homeland Security. The guy, the main guy screaming at me worked for Homeland Security. He definitely did not understand Bitcoin fully then. And he was actually asking me legitimate questions where he was trying to learn about it after they, they, they were screaming at me for, about the drugs and, and whatnot that I didn't have. <laughs> Couldn't even believe it. So, no, I after that situation, there's no more... Um, <laughs> God, that is that. I'm not even going to read what that guy said. There's some guy who's totally an 80 percenter who's in the tweet in the uh, never mind. I'm not even going to say it. Uh, but no, dude, th thank you for the question. I don't travel with that stuff anymore. Um, and, and at that time um, of that of that situation at BWI, at that moment, um, I had there there was a good amount of Bitcoin on that thing. Um, so I was. I mean, I had hardly slept on the plane. I probably looked quite disheveled. All right, stuff the I mean, you, you feel again. I hadn't eaten for a while. I fast when I go on the plane and everything. All right, so uh, but I've I've told that story a couple times in the show in the past. All right. Oh, and finally with the naval. So that naval, uh, that naval uh, interview by by Joe Rogan, I learned so much. There was so much useful information on there, but something that's telling about the world today. And it's sad. It's sad about popular culture and about fitting in. Uh, the most popular comment, the most most upvoted comment under the video was both these guys looking like they're navigating ships for the Matrix. Yeah. So I mean, again, a lot of the people just looked at the look, weren't comprehending a thing they were watching. They were there for the fancy sets and graphics. And uh, yeah, their biggest takeaway was uh, the way that they were wearing shirts that looked the same. Pound that like button, people, if you, if you don't fall into that trap. And I know a lot of you still do, but I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get you out of it. It's, it's the content that matters. When I watch these videos, I, I don't even, I never watch the videos. Even, even um, you know, Isaac Authors uh, and, and Universe Today's, uh, those space videos, which apparently have great graphics, don't watch them at all. I don't even know. I don't, I don't, I listen. I listen, listening comprehension. I'm trying to learn. I don't care what the heck they, they what it looks like. And again, for the people, you're su that's such an 80%er thing. You're not going to get anywhere in life if you're just drooling. You're, you're used to watching the TV, basically. These are people who are used to watching TV who upvoted that comment as the most popular comment under such an educational video. And yeah, I'm slapping you guys around. I'm trying to wake you dudes up. 
It's, it's nothing to be proud of if all you care about is fancy sets and graphics. You're not going to get anywhere in life. You, you really got to comprehend what you're watching or what you're try to listen. And again, a lot of smart people are just moving to podcasts. A lot of people watch this show or listening to this show right now at sportsmeister.com. Not right now. Well, it'll be there in a second. Sportsmeister.com. You can listen to all my shows in podcast form. You don't have to see what I look like. I don't see why any man would want to see what I look like at all. Unless he's um, is attractive to men, I guess, and I am an attractive man. So I guess that if you get if you get a little jolly that way, I guess it's okay. But you're wasting your there's no, there's no point. I mean, why? You just if you want to see handsome men, if you're a woman or a man, go to those channels and just pleasure yourself or whatever. That's not what this this is about. Learning here, okay? Moving on, pounding that like button and don't pound. Well, anyway, so <laughs> here is a tweet by. Uh, um, real, real VJ, who's been on my show before. If you if you want to be a clear thinker, you cannot pay attention to politics. It will destroy your ability to think, and that is a naval quote. There, <laughs> don't make politics your life, people. It will destroy your ability to think. It's a soap opera, and soap operas on TV destroy your ability to think, and. Uh, political soap operas also destroy you. You can analyze it. You can try to position yourself in life so this stuff won't matter at all. All right. Oh, God. Here, here's something from Baltimore. Um, the National Association of Black uh, Real Estate Brokers takes its fight for Black home ownership to Congress, to, to congressional hearings. <laughs> all right. So they, they think... Uh, the, the writer of this article thinks that's a good thing. Thinks it's a good thing that uh, the, the the black realtors want to get more black people to to go into debt and buy houses. And again, I I can understand black realtors think well. I'm not I'm not doing as well as I could. I need more black more black people are going to buy from me since I'm black. Okay, so that's your, your your bias. Whatever black realtor, you're already a realtor, so you 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 already on a certain level believe getting into debt is a good thing. Okay. But, okay, so you're going to Congress trying to, to, to figure out a way to get black people to own more houses, even if they can't afford it, to get more black people into debt slavery, okay, you, because you want to do better at your real estate business, all right? And so everyone's guilt. You want to guilt some congressmen into it, and then there'll be some social justice warriors that, that bring up statistics that black home ownership is lower than white home ownership. And we've been through all this before. What happened in 2008? We got a bunch of minorities into into owning houses that they couldn't afford and then they went back they went bankrupt they they gave the houses back they got into horrible financial situations and white people got into it too everybody got into it everybody should try to avoid getting into massive debt and trying to fit in and think you're part of this normalcy think success means buying a house that you cannot afford okay so let me put it to you this way it, it let's say you 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 devise a new scheme out there for people to put to put eight thousand dollars down and they get a massive house, all right? You get eight thousand, and then they're going to pop monthly. After that, they're going to make payments every month, and they're going to pay insurance every month, and they're going to pay taxes every month. And then, and what's going to happen to half of them? They, they they'll lose that eight thousand dollars. They'll lose their house. They'll become bankrupt uh, very fast. How about this? If you're trying to help minority communities out there, if you're trying to help any community out there. Instead of putting $8,000 down payments and becoming immediately in, in debt and, and, and fitting in, though, you're going to fit in because you get to say, oh, look, I'm part of, a, I'm part of society now. I, I've gone as far as the white man has gone now. Look, I've got a house just like he does. And, and then two months later, you don't have the house anymore. Um, instead of spending $8,000 on that, you buy a Bitcoin. That's the, that's the easy answer to that because you got, you got savings. If you needed to, you can get rid of that Bitcoin in the future. God forbid if you need to, if you, if you go into debt. Again, it, it, there's no taxes to pay on the Bitcoin. There's no insurance to pay. There's no down payment. There's no uh, monthly payments. There's no, it, there's no, it doesn't fall apart. People can't sue you because they tripped on you, on your Bitcoin. All right. So we need to get, and there are plenty of minorities in this space. There are plenty of white people in this space too. So bring that type of information to your communities who think that living the American dream is all about going into debt and buying one of those houses and fitting in, but it's not. It's not, you can get into trouble very easily and begging the government to get more people into this situation. It's, it's just a vicious cycle and they're becoming slaves to houses. They really are. Everybody's becoming a, a slave to their house, a slave to debt. You avoid that. 
it, Bitcoin is freedom. You're not, when you own, that's a real thing that you own right there. Okay. It's not, it's not taking money from you every month and it, it will teach you savings. And that is how you become truly wealthy. That is how you become truly free right there. So that's what I would try. If I was in Baltimore right now, and I've, I've contacted people about this uh, quite informally though, try, try to spread it in those communities. And, you know, when I was down in Long Beach, um, Gaston's sister in, um, in Inglewood, she set up something where they just, they sell Bitcoin. It's like a store. You come in and you buy Bitcoin and that's getting people in those communities, supposedly underserved communities, uh, instead of getting into buying houses and losing houses, they're buying a real asset that no one can take away from them. All right. Um, here's an Adam story. People like the stories and it's just, a something I was thinking of the other day. I have not listened to music um, since my father passed away in November. And it's because during the, the year-long uh, mourning period um, in Judaism, you, you don't do certain things. And one of those things I have been told uh, is, is not to listen to music. So <laughs> it's definitely an exercise in uh, discipline. I, I look at it on a positive thing. But again, so I have not like turned on any music. That's not to say that I haven't been somewhere and all of a sudden I hear music in the back. Like when I was running the other day, you, you hear a little bit of music blasting from some car on uh, Santa Monica Boulevard. And you remember, oh God, you know, how sweet, how sweet music was <laughs> to hear. But um, yeah, so that, that's what's been going on my life in my life lately. Um, but again, I, I've spent my time on other things. And so I, I consider it a positive and uh, I've been able to... Uh, learn more from from videos you know it's, there were times in the past you know you you want you listen to one song one led zeppelin song and then you got to listen to a who song and before you know it a half hour you've listened to some good classic rock so that has not happened since uh before november 20th now <laughs> the last song i heard uh was uh, oddly enough uh was uh, wish you were here uh, by uh, pink floyd and it was uh wet you can the mourning period starts once they actually bury your relatives. So I listened to it um, when I was driving to one of my siblings' house when we were about to drive to the funeral. <laughs> so that was the last song I really listened. It was very, very strange. That was a song that was on the uh, on the radio that day, and it's a it's a good song. Um, Pink Floyd is pretty good. Uh, pound that like button. Anyway, what is this? Uh, we've talked about the validation theory of mine. I'm going to go into validation theory in another show. Um, but yeah, you, you must eliminate all need for centralized validation to be free. I, I think I've, I've gone up, gone over that for uh, a bit in this show. So Orthodox Jews, I've been hanging out with Orthodox Jews a lot lately um, because I have to uh, say Kaddish every day. I have to go to synagogue every single day uh, since, since the morning period. So I've been going to synagogue every single day uh, since uh, you know, mid end of November also. And what I've learned, uh, again, or Orthodox Jews, you see them walking around. Some of them got the black hats on. Some of them wearing just suits. Um, they've got the talluses on. And, and some of them you can't tell are Orthodox. Uh, but usually when you see a guy like me walking around and you say, well, he's Jewish. He doesn't have a yarmulke on. He's clearly like a, a secular lies Jew. He doesn't uh, you know, keep all the laws and everything clear. I mean, when you see me. But um, so I've been hanging out with a lot of Orthodox Jews. And they definitely... So they give to their charities. They do the 10 in the Bible. It says, you know, give 10% to charity. They do it. They really do do it. I see a lot of charity and a lot of support for guys that are down on their luck. Okay. And now I see on YouTube, there's a lot of people that are returning to their religions. They're, they're getting into religion because they're tired of the social uh, degeneracy that's out there and, and the filthy lifestyles that are out there. Yeah, I mean, some of these people were the same people who are like, well, why are the Jews so rich? Why are they so insular? Why do they only support each other? Why are, Why this? Why that? Why the other? And again, it, it's family. And, and so now some of these people are returning to family values. Well, I got to say, these Orthodox Jews, they they have the family values. They support the, They have eight children. They support all eight of their children. They take. They make sure that they're safe. Um, they have family dinners all the time, family going to this event. They keep a really close social knit uh, existence. So I think a lot of people who are into have been into degeneracy and to, to, to doing bad things and valuing their wealth in women and, and are, are moving back to and who used to make fun of religious people are now becoming religious and, and getting back to the family values. So I mean, there's something to be said about having family values and um, 
and you're supporting. And again, and they're they're again, and I'm not you should not be guilted into again, you don't have any obligation toward any you know random poor pe person on the street. But the more you have in common with them, the more likely you are to want to support them. And I don't think there's anything wrong. You know, there's there was something in Baltimore called associated black charities. There's nothing wrong with that with black people supporting black people. I mean, there, there's, there's nothing wrong with that at all. And I think they're it, it's, you know, if someone wants to start their own community, uh, uh, you know, a clean, nice community, family values community, let them do it. And I think a lot of people are returning to that type of thing. If you don't want to be in it, then don't want, then don't be in it. But again, if you're, if you're vilifying that type of thing, if you're just saying, you know, you're wondering, it's a conspiracy. They're only successful because it's they only support each other. And then all of a sudden you're becoming back into religion. Eh, you're becoming a little hypocritical there, aren't you? Um, so yeah, I, if, if, if some religion, if they're not hurting other people, let them do what they're going to do in the religion. And I, I do, again, and there are a lot of secular Jewish people that hate on Orthodox Jews. They really do. They really do. There's so many secular Judaism Jews. They're just Jews in name only. They, they have nothing to do with Judaism at all. They, they marry outside of religion. They, their, their kids aren't Jewish. They, they hate Israel. They do all the, the crazy things that they do. And uh, so, again, so a lot of you are, you've only encountered these type of Jewish people. And again, don't be, don't, don't make your... Don't, don't create stereotypes based on just because you met a you live in uh, New York City and you met a lot of uh, uh, lesbian theory uh, studying Jewish women or something like that. No, that, that that's that's there's a lot of diversity in, in amongst Jews. Um, you know, don't don't uh, don't blame them for all your problems. Take personal responsibility. How about that? But and then but then again, understand if you if you think these people are mysterious, don't talk to Orthodox Jews. Don't talk to anybody. Uh, mo most sects will, at least. There's some, there's some that are totally secular, won't talk to anyone. I mean, and, that, and that's ridiculous. But um, the 10%, <laughs> my main thing was, I, I've really seen it, it, it's in my face. They really do give the charity a lot to their to the, their charities and, and support one another. So that, that's their thing. All right. Um, today, so let's, let's go to social justice warriors real quick. Um, Vox, this is a tweet from, uh, I don't know who this is from. Vox went after YouTube's no number one independent creator, PewDiePie, for years. When they failed, they came after everyone. All right, so you notice that uh, there have been a lot of uh, more mainstream media outlets that have now, they just have people crying and screaming, you have to take YouTube, you must re remove these people. You must do this, YouTube, you must. So again, if these people get removed, then they're going to have to start over, which is something they're going to have to deal with, okay? But the other end of the side of things is all these people, social justice warriors, the way they win arguments is they just try to silence you. And they'd say, no, just you, we don't like what these people are saying. Get rid of them. Get rid of them. And that is not the way they, they failed. That, that's, that's failure right there. OK, that, that, that's not the way you do it. That's so it's it's disgraceful what they're doing. And but that's what mainstream society is about today. If you're offended you don't ignore the person. You don't try to debate the person. You try to eliminate the person, get them fired from their job, take away their livelihood. So that's why you, again, you want to get into the Bitcoin overlay because they can't take away your Bitcoin. They can't. So with me, I say what I want to say. If they shut down my YouTube channel, whatever, I'll go somewhere else. I'll start anew. I'll still have my savings. I'm still, I don't value my wealth in the acceptance by the mainstream. I don't need that centralized validation. From main, fitting in is overrated. I'm I'm living it. So again, today's main it, the, the counterculture obviously is uh, what is that? <laughs> is not is not fitting in. Is is the uh, oh god uh, personal responsibility? I can't remember what I'm saying. Personal responsibility is the new counterculture. That that's that's the Adam Meister saying again. So taking care of yourself. But the main culture is. Um, is like uh, let's let's get the Borg to take care of everyone else and to eliminate anyone that goes against what the Borg says. So that that's what's been going on this week in YouTube, and it's uh, it's disgraceful that uh, the people stoop to that level. But again, it's another reason why you want to become independent, get in the Bitcoin overlay, and understand what personal responsibility is all about. All right, we got no more questions here. Good. And, uh, oh, by the way, the guy that asked it about, do I carry one of my uh, devices with me? Something that, here's a, guys, I, I own a lot of different types of devices. Trezor is the best device, okay? I've said this on other shows and people have asked, again, it's easy for the crypto dividends. 
um, for the airdrops, it's for the for, I mean for the MWC.MW airdrop that's coming up. Uh, July 19th is the last day of registration. I mean, I think that's the only one that it really works for right there. So I, I, again, the, the other ones are, I mean, they're fine. They'll keep your stuff safe. But if you want to take it to the next level with these crypto dividends and stuff, it's, it's the Trezor is, is, is the answer. So, I mean, I've, I've tried out, a, I've got a lot of different things, okay? I'm not, I don't just have one Trezor or whatever. I've got a lot of things. Um, but I, so I've experimented and I've talked to lots of people about this. And the least amount of complaints are also with the Trezor. That's just, just the way it's been. Okay, uh, so pound that like button if you like that little uh, mention of, God, this show has been an hour now. I'm going to have to leave off uh, that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There's so much I'm going to have to leave off here. Okay. Uh, wow. This shows went way too long, so I'm gonna I'm cutting out a lot of stuff. Uh, James Clear says a simple question with potentially wide ranging implications: Can my current habits carry me to my desired future? Yeah, I mean, do you have healthy habits now? I mean, you if you want to live a long time, are you living a healthy lifestyle? Are, are your habits uh, maintaining your health? Or are you just getting sicker and sicker every day? Um, do you want to be wealthy one day? Are you, are, or do you work at a, a dead-end job? Yeah, or, and then when you go home, just play video games? That habit is not getting you to your uh, long-term goal. So that is uh, that's a very important thing to, to think about there. Uh, can my current habits carry me to my desired future? Um, God, this is, keeps going and going here. Uh, I Oh, hard not to be skeptical of happiness experts who tell you what should make you happy. Why must there be a science of happiness? Can the things that make us happy really be quantified? There you go. I agree with that. There's all these people that try to define what happiness is. You have to redefine success for yourself. Don't go to the happiness expert because their happiness might be different than yours. And most of the define the time, their happiness of these experts is fitting in the mainstream society, is uh, defining success as you know, getting that house, getting get you know getting that wife, getting that car, getting that everything. You've got to define it yourself. You've got to be an expert on happiness for yourself. Redefine happiness. Redefine success right there. Redefine freedom. So yeah, I, I like that. Uh, I, I don't think there is a science of happiness and uh, a science of of uh, success. You have to. You have to define these things for yourself. All right, finally, I'm going to leave you with a religious thing. Uh, so you can leave if you now if you want to. And uh, I got a lot of topics for next week, it looks like. You, you can go to the, the uh, links below and see some of the things that I was going to talk about. And then I guess I'll talk about next week. Uh, here, this is about a guy named Rabbi Levi, Levi Yitzchak, who, who lived a long time ago. But I see there are a lot of synagogues that are named after him. And I'm like, who is this Rabbi Levi, Levi Yitzchak? Anyway, he was, he was, and he was always judging people in a positive light, okay? It is, uh, it is related that on one Shabbat, Rabbi Levi Yitzchak met a Jew smoking in the street. The Rabbi asked the young man if he'd forgotten that such an act is forbidden on Shabbat. The young man replied that no, he hadn't forgotten. Rabbi Levi Yitzhak asked if there was some circumstance causing him to sin. The young man replied that no, he was knowingly and voluntarily sinning. Rabbi, Rabbi Levi Yitzhak looked up at the sky and said, Lord of the universe, see the holiness of your people? They'd rather declare themselves sinners than utter a lie. <laughs> so this dude, he... He was not judging others. He, he was always looking in a positive light at every situation. He saw a guy that was sinning and uh, he, he was able to twist it around and say and turn it into a good thing. You know, they'd rather de declare themselves sinners than utter a lie. So uh, that guy had a really positive outlook on life, clearly, clearly. So Eh, take that as advice. Try to have a positive outlook on life. I try to have a positive outlook on life. You can see some bad things. You can always look on the bright side. And that's another thing. You know, when the price of Bitcoin gets down in terms of fiat, 
you're like, no, this is just part of the whole thing. This is part of the whole process. This is just getting rid of weak hands and uh, making strong hands stronger. Always look on the positive side of things. Like Rabbi, uh, in that extreme situation there, that uh, Rabbi Levi Yitzchak, uh, uh, that little story there. That was a good one. All right, check it out. It's linked to below. Pound that like button. Bang that bell button. I'm Adam Meister of Bitcoin, Meister Disrupt Meister. We do this Beyond Bitcoin show every Saturday. Obviously, this week at Bitcoin was awesome on Friday. Make sure you watch that. It, JW Weatherman was on and Boris were on. And it, it went pretty long too, but there was a lot of awesome information. I will uh, see you guys in the chat right now.